This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I know, right? Yeah. Modern? It's like when you get a new office chair. It's like aerodynamic. Yeah. Are we recording? Because this is my real opinion. (laughs) This is not... This isn't a commercial. I'm not being paid about Steven's mic stands. These are fucking fancy. They, when you move this thing, it's like light as a feather, stiff as a board. Fall into your lap like the old ones. <laughs> <laughs> what if there's even more noise than there used to oh, be? Oh, <laughs> my God. Somehow. Um, oh, welcome um, to my favorite microphone. <laughs> Did you say welcome to my favorite microphone? <laughs> Good one. Thank y'all. Welcome to my favorite murder. How many? So... It's a mini-sode, which means take it easy. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's, look, we're just going to read some stuff. We don't really know what it's going to say. We're not taking this seriously. We don't. We can't. Why are you? I mean, stop being, it's like you're sitting there with your pen and your paper making lists of things. Just take it easy for a second. You think you're better than us? Yeah, you're not better than us. (laughs) And we're not better than you. I mean. We're all the same under God's eyes. Yeah. Whew. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I know I talk about God too much on this podcast. I'm trying to push it in a lightly Christian direction. I didn't want to say anything because like, who am I to judge? I did. During the live episode, I did reference God uh, also because I found a sale dress. But that doesn't, I'm oh, not yeah. affiliated with any mega church. Like, thank or you, Jesus. Any, you were, <laughs> right? I, anytime I find uh, something on sale for under $80, I give it straight up to Jesus. <laughs> That's... You're supposed to. Like a, yeah, like thank you. Yeah. Because Jesus cares about fashion. Fashion? Bargain fashion. Bargain fashion Bargain at a discount price. Basement price. He loves the basement. Yeah. That's why He's all like, church groups take place in basements. <laughs> what? Just read your thing. Oh, me? <laughs> <laughs> you were talking to Jesus still. I mean, that's private prayer. Um, read my hometown. Yeah, we might as well start it. Or I'll just keep talking about the Lord. (laughs) We'll just keep making jokes (laughs) about clothes. and. Um, So these are your hometown murders that you've emailed us. You've emailed us many at my favorite murder at Gmail. And the fucking fucked up murders you remember being fascinated by. So here's one. Um, So we were just in Boston and New York for a live show. Oh my gosh, Boston and New York. Thank you. What a... The weather. The weather. The people. The hotel. Oh, my God. The, all of the gifts. Yeah. 
that, this is taking place before this happened. Yeah, everyone. we're faking it. In case you haven't. You know that. You know that. But we're super, super excited. I bet we're going to be right about all those things. I think we're going to be dead on plus and then some. Dead on. Here's what, here's what I look forward to in the past. Tell me. This is in the, can I just tell a very quick story? I wish everyone could see you plucking out of the air. Here's what, here's if I could just, motion. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my hand up as if George is trying to talk over me, which she is not. That's the kind of uh, household I was raised in. It's like you're plucking, it's like you're plucking a decision out of the air. Here's the thing. Okay, go. There's the one I'm going to tell. I love tell. it. Love it. My favorite moment, and that, there were many great moments uh, from our mini uh, West Coast tour. Yeah. My favorite moment Which did happen. We're not making this. This part that up. part's real, and this is in us doing a hilarious right. bit about touring. Um, one night when we were in Vancouver, we got back to the hotel, and somebody was like, "Come down to the bar and meet us there." Mm-hmm. And I, we had to like do some dumb Sleep. travel thing, right? <laughs> but we had a couple things to do. Yeah. But Georgia was like you need to go down to that bar and like hang out. And I was like, I do. And then you, you so enthusiastically with the biggest eyes, you go, I will totally be your wingman. <laughs> and it was like, that's the memory that keeps coming back to really? me from that weekend is Georgia was just like, give me the chance to wingman because you will be blown out by me wingman. No, you. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> Like, I'm so embarrassed. Like, I'm your mom who's just like, have you met my friend, Karen? And then I said, then you're like, do you want to go to the bar? I'm like, no, I don't want to go at all, but I'll go with you if you need me to. That's exactly right. That's the part that I appreciated. Because that's what friends do. I didn't want to go either, but you're, and we didn't go. This is the part that the big reveal is that, of course, I didn't go. I never go anywhere. Neither of us wanted to go anywhere. But... I wanted to conceptually because the person that asked us there was a very appealing individual. Yep. But um, <laughs> Georgia's like, basically like, I will try to help you. It was like you were a paramedic. You were just like, right. I will totally wingman. Well, it wasn't you. like, it's not like I think you need me to fucking, you know, to fucking fuck. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just this like, I understand not wanting to walk in a bar with a bunch of fucking strangers alone. Could you imagine? Alone. Could you Imagine walking in alone. And you don't drink. It's not like, that's the other thing too, is like, I wouldn't care. I'd go to the bar alone and order a fucking drink. Yes. But you don't, like, that just sounds like, hi, I'm standing here. Hi, I'm just standing. I might, it might as well be, do you want to go downstairs in your underpants? (laughs) And just be like, I, you know what? I really would not like to at all, but I should. It would be really brave of me. And it's like you going, I'll hold your hand and I also won't wear pants. Yeah. Thank you You're welcome. Thank you. The offer still stands. I mean, not for that particular. It's too late like in now. The future. I really dropped the ball on that you one. Really did. And it was kind of a big. It was a big ball. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I I want to do better, like, but it's it's just nice to know you're willing to wingman for me, hey. even though you hate it. I love it because it's just I have no stakes. You but know what I mean? Right. It's pretty great. You're kind of up on that. And you I'm think so, you're better than me is really what it is. <laughs> I want to say that I stole. I think you're, you think you're better than me from Jesse Pop. It's that's a total not, Jesse that's Pop not way. Mine. Yeah. So I don't think he listens to this podcast. But Fuck him. He, does. he should. He's totally into true crime. Okay. I bet he does. He just would never say anything to right. us because that's how he is. Hi, no. Jesse Pop. We know you're listening. We know to you're us. listening. I would never say, hey, I like your podcast. And so you know what? Since you don't say that to us, we're going to steal all your jokes. Yeah. So right now we're starting it. We're stealing it. I think you think you're better than me. You think you're better than me? Just get ready for all your other stuff to get stolen. <laughs> all right. Anyhow. 
<clears throat> All right. Here's a hometown murder from a girl named Annie. Hi. Uh, hi, Annie. You guys are the best. I have a deep admiration for your work. Ooh. Oh, sounds <laughs> like work. fancy. Work is a bit generous. Yeah, from your mouths, it should say. <laughs> your humor and the murderino community you fostered. Oh, agreed. I agree with that. I have to admit, I only have just discovered your podcast, so I'm not sure if this story has already been shared. I grew up in a suburb just outside of Boston called, here we go, Wellesley? Yeah, Wellesley. 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 Wellesley? Wells. No, there's an extra E in there. But there's a college called Wellesley that is pronounced Wellesley. It's W-E-L-L-E-S. Wellesley. L-E-Y. L-E-Y. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to, it's like, we have really good reading skills. Like we can read just fine. I read all the time. I read a lot and I've never doubted myself more. Well, I have this real quick. When I was in like fourth grade, third grade, really young, I was really into reading and I had a book that I'd already read like three times, James and the Giant Peach. And my fucking cunt of a teacher (laughs) grabbed it from my hands and said, you can't read this. Like, you don't know. This is too old for you. Read this line in front of the whole class. <gasps> and I, like, couldn't pronounce a word because I was a kid. But in the fucking, in the sentence, I understand what that word is. What kind and of she teacher? T- closed it in my face. So I lost my fucking place. Wait. I that's not this. teaching. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> Can I shout out her name? She's probably dead. <laughs> it's the worst teacher in all of California. She was horrified. I will tell you right now that Laura Kilgariff, teacher of plus 25 years yeah. in the Nevada School District, would wring that woman's yeah. neck. I look back and I'm like, well, no. yeah. It's simply not how it's done. That's like saying, I'm. This, here's my teaching method. I'm going to scar children around words. <laughs> right. So then when they have a fucking successful podcast when they're older, <laughs> they're going to freak the fuck out whenever they say a word that doesn't look right. Yeah. It's a I, setup. This whole thing's a setup. I think me saying I'm wrong and not giving a shit and saying not saying this to even edit that out is because fuck you, Miss Blank Blank. Oh, Miss Blank? You had Miss Blank Blank for reading? <laughs> I want to say her name so bad. <laughs> okay, sorry. That was Sidebar Nation. Um, That's where we live. Up. So, Wellesley, where the college is. <laughs> Listen. Uh, it's an old, small, and affluent town, probably very close to whatever Im- image you've conjured in your mind. Ivy. Yeah. Leagues. Ivy. Bricks. Great. Leagues. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, Even as an adolescent, I was definitely aware of the pressure for adults to attain and maintain status. A huge part of the status was was providing for and protecting your family. Oh, what fucking boring town. (laughs) The town was so... Wait, is that in the email? No, that was me. (laughs) Like, oh, like striving to protect your... Take care of your family. Oh, boring. I'm sorry, Annie. Um, The town was so, quote, safe that a favorite stoned activity of high school students was reading the police blotter and laughing at the ridiculous complaints uniform un, un, uniformed officers were called in on and so safe we had to read the police blotter while high to actually feel like we were getting away with something that's called privilege mm-hmm. the town in the town is upon lined with walking paths. Halloween morning, 1999, a middle-aged woman is found dead along one of these paths. She had been stabbed so many times she was nearly decapitated. <sighs> Her husband had discovered her body. Uh-oh. According to him, she had stopped to sit on a bench because her back was hurting while he finished a lap around the pond with their dog. Her husband was a well-known doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where is this going? 
I had never heard of him before, but had several uh, friends who had been in his care at one time or another. He was obviously suspected in her death. I remember the the confusion this caused for so many people who knew him and stuck up for him, particularly his own adult children. Unfortunately for his friends and family, as the investigation unfolded, his guilt seemed pretty imminent. The police uncovered his secret identity, discovered he hired, I'm going to change this word to sex workers, Mm -hmm. on many occasions and spent a substantial amount of his money on a phone sex line. Wow. <laughs> um, I hear they're very addictive. Right. Are they? It's fun to talk on the phone. Yeah. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, hey what's up? Tell you me just, what you're wearing. <laughs> you're, you know you're being bad. Yeah. You but know I, it's so expensive. Like, what did Jesus tell you to wear today? <laughs> There something they don't bring him there. into it. Don't I know, bring him into something. it. Um, there were also many rumors he had another family in another state, although I'm not sure if this ever verified. Okay. The story sticks in my mind for many reasons, but the moment I became a true murderino was a couple years after the doctor's conviction. The detectives from this case gave a presentation on the evidence, and obviously I was in attendance. That's awesome. <laughs> they played us a 911 tapes in which the doctor screams about the discovery of his wife's body. The police may note that as soon as the operator tells the frantic man to calm down, he actually does. Suspicious. The doctor did have blood on his clothes, but this was consistent with him rushing to her body and attempting to revive her. Gloves and a knife were found on a drain pipe a quarter mile from the scene. At first, they couldn't prove that that the gloves belonged to the doctor, but a very detail-oriented person noticed that the blood spatter on the doctor's glasses, which had been taken into evidence, was not actually a random splatter pattern. Uh, The gloves had those little rubber dots for grips, and this is exactly matched the pattern on the corner of one of his lenses. (gasps) Yes, I remember. This is a this is either a 2020 or a forensic files. That to me is the most convincing part of it. Yes, amazing. It's like a double fingerprint. Yeah, like the blood spatter. I'm like, well, they they don't believe that as much anymore. But that's like a shoe print on your glasses. It's your own. That's like if your glasses could take pictures. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. And that's coming someday soon. Oh, you know what it is. Yeah. There, okay, anyways. Too many sidebars. Thus, the doctor was wearing these bloody gloves and likely straightened his askew glasses after stabbing his wife of 35 years to death. Fuck. How many times was she stabbed? Like 40? 35. Holy Wait, no, no, no. That's how many years they were married. Oh. Uh, One for every <laughs> year. like 40, yeah. Horrifying. That would be fucking... That's fucked up. Yep. Another anecdote is that several years after this incident, passerbys found a large amount of bloody human tissue in the same pond. They immediately called the police and the town went into a frenzy again, worried that the spot was a hot new murder site or, do- or body dump. A very embarrassed young couple new to the town had come forward and claimed their... And claimed their afterbirth, which they had ceremoniously floated into the pond after a whole birth. Oh my god! You weirdo hippies. We were going to have Marge and Dave over for dinner on Friday night, but did you read the paper? We're just going to cancel. What? They're giving their afterbirth like a Viking funeral? Calm what do you the do? Fuck Get down. away from the pond. Take care of your newborn baby. Yes. Ew. Focus on other births besides the after. Ew. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> Meanwhile, a family's like swimming on the side. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this pond's not big enough for the whole town i wasn't gonna read that part because this part is so long but i'm so glad that i did i it's didn't so i didn't know what funny. it was <laughs> that, is hor- that is horrifying the town the town has been totally traumatized yeah. and then these goofballs go down of like no we wanted to celebrate the amniotic sac yeah 
What? I mean, it was it was part of our child's life for nine months, uh-huh. and we wanted to give it a proper. Why don't you um, instead? Why don't every full diaper that you pull off that baby? Yeah. Why don't you burn that in your barbecue? I have two words: garbage disposal. Like just, <laughs> just get rid of it. And then a little squeeze of lemon after. <laughs> just clean to it make out. It <laughs> oh, wait. Let me just just want to acknowledge that. This idea of, quote, safety, I was mocking in the beginning, especially with intersecting with privileges in many ways an illusion and definitely a means for uh, efficient scapegoating. Keep up the good work. My sincerest thanks to both of you, Annie. Annie, that is so true. What a good point at the end. Yeah. That's it. That's it. It's people, privileged people like to pretend that their money means that they are immune from right. horrible things and horrible people. Or they're immune to punishment. Yes. For doing horrible things. That's right. Which sometimes it's true, unfortunately. But it, Right. That is very true. But I think it, the way um, the attention is becoming more and more paid to all these kind of things. Right. It's like, how many doctor 2020s are there where yeah. the doctor's like, I just decided I didn't want that old wife anymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, he was having an affair? Shocking. Oh, he had a whole other secret family and wife in a different sa- state? How amazing. Oh, he thought yeah, he could get away with that? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He's smarter than everybody? Yeah. Oh, okay. Ugh. Hideous. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code space 80 Goodbye. Goodbye. Georgia have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant like perfectly scrambled eggs oh my god yes Karen and then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day well you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient 
Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. All right, ready? Always. Um, This one... The subject line is accident or murder, a nautical murder. Fun. Hi, Karen and Georgia. I absolutely love your podcast and listen to it every day on my way to work. It makes the commute much better. I used to listen to other true crime podcasts, but always got too freaked out to fall asleep. So your blend of humor and true crime makes me laugh every time and then feel bad about laughing at murder. But then I can't stop laughing anyway. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah, we understand. I'm writing to tell you about a death that took place at my middle school a full a few years before I started there, but it was all people Um, But it was all people talked about for ages because of how controversial the story is. This is the story of Shelley Tyre and the circumstances surrounding her death. I graduated from a small prep school just south of Boston. It's known for being a bit of a jock school as a lot of my fellow classmates were recruited to play sports in college. I was definitely not one of them. (laughs) Back in 1999, the principal of the middle school, Shelley Tyre, went on vacation with her husband, Davis Swain, to Tortola. I don't know where that is. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Where all the tortoises are. And uh, she died in a scuba diving accident. She and Swain had split up, split from the group and done a solo dive where there was a malfunction with her equipment. And she died. Very tragic. But what was later discovered was that 
after they found their her body um, that her mask had clearly been tampered with, <gasps> causing her inevitable death. Authorities found her snorkel missing and her mouthpiece damaged, believed that someone had ripped them from her face <gasps> mid-dive. Oh, my There's God. There's a lot of pretty fuck... There's a lot that, that's pretty fucked up about her death. It was later revealed that Swain had abandoned Tyre on their dive, which I guess if you're an avid scuba diver, which Swain was, you know you're never supposed to abandon someone on a dive, huh. and you always are always supposed to stay with your buddy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when you look at the facts, how he left her mid-dive and her mask had malfunctioned, it just doesn't look so good for him. Mm. Here's some more facts. He had um, made a lot less money than she did and has sunk all, had sunk all of his money into a dive shop that failed shortly after they got married. Ooh. He signed a prenup that stated he would get nothing if they divorced. Ooh. After Tyre's death, he inherited $600,000 from her estate which he began spending lavishly, even started dating. Though immediately after her death, he was shaken. People soon um, uh, after started to describe him as, quote-unquote, too happy, or that he had a lack of emotion. Um, A lot of teachers at my school spoke up against him, saying that they were disturbed by the way that he acted after her death. Tyre's family charged him with her murder, and they went to court uh, with it, where if convicted, he would have been sent to jail for 25 years to life. He was sentenced, but in 2009, his conviction was overturned, and Swain is still around and even does interviews. There is a 48-hour special on it, and even a Lifetime movie on the whole case, which is how um, you know you've made it. (laughs) Uh, It's really interesting and tragic and is still talked about. Mrs. Tyra was super loved and is very missed, and her husband is a super scumbag. (laughs) <laughs> um, thank you so much for making my days better with your podcast day sexy jewels uh, that's fascinating so he basically did get a, if if he did it yeah. alleged he allegedly got okay. away with alleged murder I mean I just don't know what kind of damage would pulling a face mask or a scuba mask do to it you know what I mean it would make you drown yeah but like would the would the mask be that damaged Oh, well, maybe he pulled it so that, like, one of the plastic things on the oh, side right. tore or something. Because right. you would, it would have really good section if you were, like, uh, if it was underwater, right. you'd really have to rip it off. That's a good point. It wouldn't just come right off. It's such a bizarre, risky place to be. Like, that, and that's not even scuba diving. Yeah. Scuba diving, you're underwater. Yeah. And there's all these, like, there's gate classes checks. you have to take. And, and like, yeah, you have to be able to make sure that, like the reason people know like if their air is low or oxygen or whatever the hell it is is like because the other person's there all that shit's on your back i'm never gonna do it and i'm fine with that it's very high risk i'm not doing it i'm good i'm good i go to an aquarium you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) same diff but you get to keep your outfit on and yeah you get wet yeah yeah no you go to lunch right after you know there's no drying off period there's probably corn dogs at the fucking aquarium i mean that's where you find out your husband doesn't love you underwater on oh, vacation how horrifying up until that point she's like this has been the best marriage that was the saddest line you've ever said yeah sorry how, mm, oh so surprising honey honey do we do should i do a short one sure and then this one seems depressing so i might not do it uh <laughs> let's see here okay Happy New Year and my favorite murder, which shows how long ago. Okay. Hi, Georgia and Karen. 
Hi. Hi. I only recently started listening to your podcast. Everyone says that. It's so funny. And I just wanted to say thanks for being alive and talking oh, about murder. Thank you. I am only on, ep- on episode eight, so I don't know if you've already talked about the preppy murder of 1986 in NYC. Oh, girl or guy, you guessed right. We sure did. Jennifer, girl or guy, we absolutely did. But I think this chick has a connection. Okay, Robert Chambers killed Jennifer Levin early one morning in Central Park in what prosecutors said was a violent rape. And Chambers always insisted it was fucking goddamn consensual rough sex. Piece of shit. Um, (laughs) This is my favorite murder because Jennifer Levin is my name too. And I first spent time in NYC that very summer when I was 12, right after my parents divorced. That first summer, I watched the news a lot and was confused in many ways. I was, it wasn't the first time I'd seen the same name as someone else. Growing up, my name is so common in the suburbs of Chicago that two different libraries revoked my library card for overdue fines that weren't (laughs) mine. And I got calls asking me to homecoming and prom that were intended for the other, the older Jennifer Levin who lived down the street. Oh, to be like the, you get to be in the hot Jennifer Levin group. Yeah. Well done, older Jennifer Levin. Yeah. That you're like. yes to everyone. Yeah. Let's see how that plays out. (laughs) Just keep saying yes. (laughs) Show up the night of, like in the bushes. That's right. (laughs) What's going to happen? Pick that one. Pick the Hesher. Pick the rocker. Pick the rocker. I was confused about Jennifer's murder. Like, I wasn't sure sometimes if they were talking about me and if I were alive or dead. Yes, my childhood was a crime scene, and this is a natural result of things I won't go into here. <laughs> what? Um, okay. For two or three subsequent... She was just going through some shit, uh, yeah, sounds clearly. like. Yeah, She must have lived in a fucking funeral home or something. For two or three subsequent summers, the preppy murder was still very much a hot topic, and this was when things got strange. Some boys in my dad's Bronx neighborhood with whom I'd... With... Wow. <laughs> Delvis. All on. right. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, that was Elvis, everyone. Okay. Some boys. Some boys in my dad. Okay. Some boys in my dad's Bronx neighborhood with whom I'd had a falling out would hide behind cars and whisper, Jennifer Levin is dead in the dark when I passed by. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's chill. Guys. 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 Boys at the Tony Day Camp I worked at who went to York Prep where Chambers went to high school were especially interested and were always asking me out and saying I had to make out with them because of kismet. Gross. When I would go back home to Illinois in the fall and write letters to friends in New York, their parents would get mad at them for having a friend who put gruesome fake names on the return address. I played into all of this uh, I played into all of this somewhat the summer of uh, somewhat in the summer I was 14. Mm, though the offers of making out with York prep guys were scary until someone who knew someone who, to- who knew her told me she was a real person and my behavior was offensive. But no one was reprimanded, uh, but no one reprimanded the boys trying to make out with me or hissing at me from behind cars. I had to remind him that so was I and it was my name too don't totally understand that paragraph uh vanity googling is a trip this name and story have followed me my whole life and that's uh and that and that like and likely that of all the other jennifer levens it is a very common name jennifer levin (laughs) (laughs) sincerely sincerely jennifer Jennifer levin what does she like yeah that's kind of a big thing to go through when you're 14 though because 14 is the worst age right and you think you you think you know what's going on and you have no goddamn clue what's going yeah. on. So, And you think you're the center of the universe. Yeah. And you kind of like, I 
I know this might be silly, but like I identify other girls named Georgia. I meet so few of them that I'm always like, whoa, we have this like crazy thing in common. Yes. So to know another girl who was brutally murdered. Well, and also that's when you're, that's that age where you're kind of like, I don't know who I am or I don't know what I want to be. So I'm right. going to try on all these hats. Yeah. So then to have this thing constantly brought up to you of like you, you have the same name as a murdered girl. It just brings, yeah, there's just yeah. a lot of, drama that there's already tons of drama there yeah it's not like you need any more when you're 14 totally i mean that that's how it was with me when i was constantly told that i look like natalie from facts of life <laughs> what all yes from when i was like 11 years old till it happens does she have fucking cheekbones that could cut up she does actually oh, minicone good for her um anyway so do you identify one? with okay oh sorry what so do you identify with natalie from the facts of life I did, actually. I loved that show. Yeah, it was great. Um, <clears throat> she was the funny one. <laughs> All right. Final one. A whack murder story. Karen and Georgia. Huge fan, huge fan. <laughs> so technically, this isn't a hometown murder story because you already talked about the one bad thing that ever happened in Minnesota, which was Jacob Wetterling in your first episode. I dare to disagree with that <laughs> the it one was, bad thing in minnesota yeah, yeah. Uh, guess what there's some pretty bad things that have happened there uh, but the following story happened to one of my sister's classmates in nyc what if this was about jennifer levin again <laughs> but the one that wrote the email then that'd be steven's fault because he <laughs> picked these for us um everything's steven's fault <laughs> so it was probably two or three a.m and this girl college age gets on the subway sitting on the end of the subway car are two shady looking thugs in the middle of is a middle-aged couple and who look like they could be your mom and dad. I think if this goes the way I think it's going to go, this is a creepypasta, but let's find out. Oh. Um, Clearly they're the murderers. So she goes and sits across from the couple and they look tired and the man has his arm around the woman. As mm. the ride goes on, uh. she notices that the woman is staring at her. Like, And at first she's just like, okay, whatever. But after she doesn't stop staring, the girl says something like, what's up? Can I help you? And the man says, sorry, she's super tired. <gasps> and so our girl is just like, sure, whatever. But the lady doesn't stop staring. <laughs> this, this isn't is, real. This is... This is from someone who is 14. When the train comes to a stop, I've, re I've honestly read this on creepypasta forums. Yes. When the train comes to a stop, but it's totally worth it. One of the shady dudes from the end of the car runs, grabs our girl, throws her off the train, <gasps> runs off behind her. The door closes and our girl is obviously like, what the hell, man? And he goes, I am an undercover cop. <gasps> that man on the train just killed his wife and was holding her up with his arm. Wait, what? <laughs> the, the woman that was staring at yeah. her was dead. God, I knew that. Oh, I see. But who got thrown off the where and the why? The girl it happened to. So never judge a thug by its... You thugs know, aren't... Sometimes thugs are cops. Yeah, the normal looking guys are sometimes the meanest. <laughs> These are the details I know, and I want to know so much more. Uh -huh. Okay, well, guess what, Rosemary? Here's what you need to know. That was written by a 15-year-old... Uh, who was a very good creative writer, mm -hmm. but I've read it on several creepypasta forums. Mm -hmm. And although it is a fun story, the one that I read was that there was a girl sitting between two um, 
yeah. two cop looking guys who looked safe and then there was a girl between them who looked passed out right and so she was staying near like the bodyguard looking guys because the thugs yeah which is also a, a commentary about race in it's america so fucking racist to say that. it's well it, but that's kind of the whole lesson and then right. it's like oh but you thought the thugs right. but then that guy they had a dead body on the subway which is like the first what place you'd go if you had a dead uh, right. teen girl body right. is straight down to the L train. Carry her on the subway. Get sure. down there, get a token for her, Definitely. get one for yourself, <laughs> sit down in public. And carry her to the fucking, <laughs> carry her down the stairs. Just carry her on down. Nobody's noticed. No. If you, if there's a way that you could tie her legs to your legs, <laughs> that would be great. So it'll just cover it a little bit better. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, come on, Steven. <laughs> It, I, had no, it, I had no idea. I'm so, no, I, I read good. it and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steven must have grown up with creepypasta. Beautiful. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, that's fun. I mean, that we're looking for that too. Yeah. Rosemary, we appreciate your input if either you way. Them, if you believe it, send it. Hell yes. Because that's fun. But if you're like, here's a creepypasta, the girls won't. The girls will let, you know what I mean? Send us one if you believe. I don't know. You got to be a believer. Yeah. No, that's clearly sincere because she was yeah. just like, this is fucked up. Isn't this crazy? You Isn't guys will love fucked this. Up? That's great. Uh, that's like, uh, that's like the, well, we've talked about this urban, urban legends that you hear over and over again where it's like, there's it's always something like, and the guy said down girl and it's Lionel Richie and fucking, or Stevie wait. Wonder. You ever hear that? <laughs> no. That's the one that I repeated I like, knowing it was a lie. I was like on board until this fucking weird train of... Yeah, Lionel Richie happened. There's an urban legend strand, and it's all different, very famous black performers. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, the I think the original was like Stevie Wonder with a guide dog in an elevator. It's the when you like think about it, it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Where like a woman got into an elevator with Stevie Wonder, didn't know it was him, mm-hmm. ha- had a guide dog. At some point, the elevator door closed. He says, "Down, lady." She hits the ground. <gasps> And then he's like, no, no, I was talking to my dog. Oh. Yeah. So it's a version of that where it's yeah. just like people assume people, the I'm scared of a black man con- construct around storytelling. Right. Which is very, I would say, 1987. And look how wrong I was, you know, right? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Motherfuck. I mean, urban legends. That's what. That's yeah. what uh, people repeat things because they it's a good story. They like the sound of a good story. It, and also a lesson. Right. The lesson is how dare you judge a person. I think they want the lesson to be like, how right. dare you judge a person. Right. Okay. Uh, you. Me. Specifically. Stop, Stop it. Fucking judging everyone. Stop it. I am just, yeah, judgmental as shit. You are? I know. Um. <laughs> Uh, this has been clearly a mini-sode. This is the longest mini-sode of all time. I don't think it is, though. That's the funny thing. Is it not? It feels like forever, Stephen. It's been 30 minutes. Oh, a little longer than normal. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. Okay. Um, <laughs> cut out the middle. Uh, <laughs> just the whole middle. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Uh, thanks for... Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for sending your stuff in. We love to read it. We do. Um yeah thank you and stay sexy and don't get murdered Elvis you want a mini cookie okay bye bye